ears are wonderful things, but sometimes they hear things they don't want to. This episode contains some very naughty words and themes that may be offensive to some ears. No my hide my, and welcome to Full Disclosure, a Stuff and Kale Productions podcast with me, Karen O'Leary. In this series, I talk with all sorts of amazing and famous Kiwis to find out how coming out was for them. This week, I talk to comedian Ursula Carlson. This is my entire coming out line to my mum. She answers the phone and I go, hi, uh, and she goes, I knew it, I knew it. <laughs> so she goes, why didn't you tell me years ago? So the only thing I ever said was, eh. And then she just ran with it. Oh, it's my absolute <laughs> pleasure to introduce into the this amazing podcast situation. It's not she's not in the studio. She couldn't be bothered coming in to see me in person, but that's okay. She's got it all set up at her own house. Um, I'm with the obviously the very funny, the very talented, the, the lesbian superstar that is Ursula Carlson. Thank you for joining me today. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good, thanks. Pretty knackered. I think I'm still. I, I don't think I get jet lagged, but I think I'm just in a constant state of where the fuck am I? You know, people making plans with me and then like my brother showed up yesterday morning and I knew he was coming to see me one of the days and I go, is this today? Is today that day? And he goes, yep. <laughs> but he's kind of used to me being, you know, a bit of a space cadet. Uh, a little bit vague. Yeah. You know, they, you know, they do say there's you no know, rest for the wicked. So maybe it's yeah. just that you're wickedly good at what you do and therefore you've got no time to rest. Yeah. Yeah. That and kids, you know, once you have kids, it's like you will forever be tired. I've only got one kid, but now also a puppy. And it's like, luckily I've got a partner because otherwise I don't know what would happen to them. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. We're not here to talk about my son or my puppy um, or not even, you know, we're here to talk about you. And obviously the nature of this podcast is that we want to know about people's sexuality and how, you know, how they feel about it, how they found the experience of coming out. So I'm going to ask you the first question, which is... When did you first think to yourself, you know what, I don't know that I'm straight? You know what, that is such a, uh, you know, that's a question that changes an answer all the time because, um, you know, I went to boarding school. So in boarding school, I knew, okay, the first bath time, I was like, okay, this is different. Um, but then, so I was 11 at the time. But then when I sit and I think back on it and my life, I think I would have been about four years old when I knew because mm. I have an older brother and an older sister. So it wasn't about sexuality, but I knew I wasn't going to be like my sister. I was, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't going to find a husband. I knew that. Like even yeah. then, because my sister's a year and a week older than me, and even then, she was already like, one day when I have babies and one day when I have a husband. And I already knew at four years old, fucking yuck, that's not me. <laughs> I knew it. I just knew then. I didn't know, you know, and obviously there's no sex involved in it. So, um, you know, it wasn't that. I just knew I wasn't going to be the the path that I was going to take. And my mum used to say when I was little, she'd tell everyone, and I'd get so embarrassed about it, she'd say, when I was little, little, she when people go, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" I'd say a boy, and it wasn't because I I wanted to be a boy. Yeah. It's because I associated more with my brother and what he yeah. was doing than was my sister what she was doing. But yeah, in high school, I um I realized, oh, the ladies are too large for where it's at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it didn't stop me. I still had boyfriends. I only came out. Later, well, I say later, you know, 26, which is still a baby, but um, 
if you take out early people are coming out now, that is, that is, you know, it's old. old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll be old on the shelf lesbian now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then when you came out at 26, yeah. what was the um, catalyst for that? Um, I mean, I've been dating women at this point and I just never thought about coming out like, you know, in the traditional sit my mum down or sit the family down and go, by the way, I'm a lesbian. Um, I knew my family was very gay friendly, but in, in saying that, they, there's a warning with that too because, you know, I have friends who are very gay friendly and when their kids came out, they flipped the fuck out. So um, I, you know, because you don't know when it's your own kid, the reaction is always a bit different, I think. But um, I never thought about coming out because, like I say, I had an older brother, older sister, and they didn't come out with their sexuality, so I didn't see yep. the need to do it, like, you know, I just took it from that point. I didn't feel the need to announce myself. And then one day my mum was working for Dr. Andy, who is our local vet, um, as a vet nurse. And she came home and she's very excited. And she said, um, so we lived in the same complex. She was a few doors down from me. Well, she goes, you know, um, did you know Dr. Andy's son is gay? And I go, no, because I didn't know Dr. Andy's son. I knew he had sons, but I didn't know them. Yeah. And I go, no, I, I did not know. And she goes, do you know how Dr. Andy found out? And I go, no. What I shot it, you think? And then, she's, <laughs> and then she says, um, he just gave Dr. Andy a call and then now he's gay. <laughs> and I was like, that's, I, don't, I don't think that was it. Um, and then she, she said, no, that's, that's, he just phoned his dad and said, dad, I'm gay and now he's gay. I went, oh. Um, she goes, so if I ever got a call like that, from any of my kids. Now, at this point, both my brother and sister were married. Yeah. Um, if I ever got a call like that from one of my kids, I wouldn't mind. And I went, uh -huh. I went, you mean the only one that's not married? She goes, yeah, you know, if I should get a call like that, say, if we're going to work early tomorrow, say at 7 a.m. if I got a call. I went, all right. And then the <laughs> next morning, <laughs> uh, 7 a.m., she, she left early for work um, to go wait for her call. Then 7 a.m. come, I didn't call. Um, I called it quarter past seven just to make oh. my way. And then yeah. as soon as so this is my entire coming out line to my mum. She answers the phone and I go, hi. Uh, and she goes, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> so she goes, why didn't you tell me years ago? So the only thing I ever said was, eh. and then she just ran with it. Yeah. So it's not that big dramatic. No. Your life is over. No, you know, yeah, no, I didn't bit, dread it. It was a bit the same when I said that to my mum and dad, and they were like, We know, yeah, it's like there was, you know, I was expecting at least some reaction, you yeah, know? at least hate me a little. Oh, they do hate me a little, but oh, yeah, not but for I'm other gay. shit, yeah, 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 because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're yeah. A c like we all talk about it all the time. Do you say c on your podcast? I do. Oh, I'm getting, I was gonna say, Yeah, shit, yeah. <laughs> This is a podcast about liking cunts if you've got one. So yeah. I feel like you should be able to say that word. I, I mean, I know I'm very lucky there. Of course, there were some people, some people in my family. My auntie said to me, she doesn't want to talk about it. She is happy to pray about it to get the gay away. Right. And I yeah. said to her, if you ever bring that up again, I will never talk to you again. Wow. And, you know, like I just, I, like I put the boundaries down. I just thought, I don't give a fuck. If you don't like me. Um, because of my sexuality or because then I don't want you in my life. I would rather so, cut you off myself than wait so for your Is she your in your reaction. life or not? Yeah, she is. She is in my life. And, um, is she still praying for you? 
As she is, she's doing it very quietly and not bringing it up with me. She used to send and me it's prayers not too on WhatsApp. No, it's not. it's not. In fact, it's cementing me. It's getting me deeper into the pussy. Like I just yeah. <laughs> every time she sends me Praise a prayer or something on WhatsApp, I buy a dildo online. So <laughs> that's the rule. Like I say to her, I go, if, if you push me, no, I I won't be judged. I won't be. You know, put under other people's restrictions. I don't give a shit what you, your hot take is on it. Uh, I didn't ask. If, if I had a friend too that worked with me, and she um, started getting upset, she's like, "I can't believe you didn't tell me." I go, "I can't believe you're making this about you." Yeah, I go, "I don't want to discuss it with you ever." Um, and she goes, "I'll get over it." I go, "I don't give a fuck." Do you, Do you think that your ability to not give a shit, which I think is very refreshing, yeah. and you know, do you think they're potentially made? being lesbian easier because yeah. yeah i mean the fact that i can um detach from people is a result of childhood trauma <laughs> so that's not it's not that i i choose to not give a fuck i just heavily detach to protect myself um but it has definitely like even coming out and and you know coming out is a daily thing like even today i went yeah, to the doctor true. this morning to get some i always have um, antibiotics and stuff in my travel bag because I travel so much and when I'm overseas I don't want to go see a foreign doctor and go oh can you give me some antibiotics so it was just like a general so I went this morning to see my doctor and I had to come out to her again you know and she's like yeah. oh she said um is your husband and I go no remember I'm a lesbian and she's like oh <laughs> yes of course you know so uh, it's like it's a daily thing. At least once a day, I reckon, in some form or, or another, I have to tell people sometimes to the Uber driver or sometimes to well, checking yes. in, you know, is your Definitely husband the joining? Uber drivers, yeah. Any call center people. I love yeah. presuming you've got a husband. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it's always interesting that response when, you know, that response of they get really like embarrassed that yeah. they've got it wrong, but still they don't really get it. No. You know? No, no, yeah. no. So, Ursula, now. Obviously, you didn't grow up in this country, did you? No, I did not. I grew up in South Africa, and I moved to this country, which is New Zealand, in 2006 when I was 32 years old. So would you say in South Africa, first of all, I was, I'm was i talking to Campbell Johnstone on this podcast too. Um, he's a big fan of yours, says you're amazing, but he does want to know yeah. why South Africa poisoned the All Blacks in 1995. Well, there's no proof that ever came out of that. Um there was, like they said, there was this girl. Um, Susie. It was Susie, Susie. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever had food poisoning, right? But there's no way you're playing 80 minutes of a high-impact game and not shitting on the field. If they were truly <laughs> poisoned, you would have seen a lot more shit on the field, okay? Like, Box Shelf had lost the ball and everyone saw his ball. His actual nut popped out of his shorts. He went off site, popped it back in and carried on playing. If that was a 1995, they had food poisoning, there's no dire stop or emodium on the planet that's strong enough to stop food poisoning when you're running around for 80 solid minutes, okay? You would have seen some shit at some point. So I call bullshit on all of that. There was no proof whatsoever. Okay, you've heard it here first, everybody. I'm actually inclined to to, to, to agree with you yeah. on that one. So we can just get the hell over 1995. We yeah. just didn't win and we yeah. were kind of shit. I mean, do we, we want to talk about shit. all the other times they choked? No. You know, like uh, New no. Zealand sport is just, if you can't if you can't um, find the 
the, it's always the reef's fault. I've now discovered that when since living in New Zealand, the reef is always at to blame. Yeah, we've got some terrible referees. And if it's not the reef, there's someone in the hotel that tampered with something. And if it's not that, then you know. Um, but and let's just face it: sometimes they choke. You know, sometimes they just don't get the job done. In the, in South Africa, at least we have the decency to blame the players for every single yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so. In South Africa, would you say that the attitudes towards people that are gay or bisexual are the same as New Zealand, different, similar? Um, okay, Poles first apart? off, we got marriage equality years ahead of New Zealand. We got it in 2006. And, of course, in South Africa, because it's such a diverse culture, there's so many different mm. – I mean, we have 27 recognised languages, 11 official languages. Um, you know, there's a lot of different cultures, a lot of different – you know, so acceptance is key for the country too. You know, they call us the rainbow nation. Um, yes. So it's it sort of, it, it has, a, and every pride that I've ever been to in Pretoria, Johannesburg, Cape Town, it's massive, right? And you, like, there's a lot of gay areas, you know, certain, like in San Francisco, you know, it's very gay friendly, yeah. Cape Town's very gay friendly. There's areas in Johannesburg that's very gay friendly. I wouldn't try that shit in Bloemfontein. Or in Pretoria, <laughs> there's certain areas where you go, okay, this is not, this is not cool. Um, I think overall, it's it's okay, but there's definitely some areas. Even now, when I go, where I, I'm like, I'm not telling anyone. Uh, you know, even the first time I went over with my ex-wife, I said to her, uh, when we get to certain areas, I go, if anyone asks, we're just sisters. You know, I wasn't prepared yeah. to. Was she happy with it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, so like I'm all all about living your your true true self. Unless you're gonna get um you know in trouble for it, then shut your mouth. Beaten up or, or potentially killed. Yeah, then shut up. Don't be a hero. Just get through the day. I actually almost did get killed in South Africa. Just so you know, you say South Africa really weird. Like you're really angry at South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost got killed in Tell South me Africa. Tell about South Africa trying to kill you. I, I just was at my sister's wedding and I was driving. Back to the airport. Why was she getting married in South Africa? Not that I'm hiding. Because her husband is South African. Oh, really? Oh, I'm sorry, man. Anyway, basically, some people shot an elephant rifle through the back of the car. Almost killed me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But I've gone, I've moved up. I've, you know, moved on. Yeah. Yeah. Did they shoot at the car? Yeah. It was such a terrible plan. They just, they they, they blocked the road. I stopped the car and I was driving and was quite hungover and everyone else was really hungover. There was four people in the car. Yeah. And then... I went to reverse. I was like, I think this feels weird. I'm getting out of here. Looked in the rear vision mirror and there was a man standing there. And I can still see him clear as day. And he had this beige and blue polo shirt on. Yeah. And then the next thing I heard was just bang. And the bullet went through the boot, the middle of the back seat, and out my driver's passenger, the door. And um, I was like, Ugh! and quickly pulled the car into first and went over the, all the, the logs and sped away. And then thought to myself, shit, I'm going 70K and I'm still in first gear. Oh, that's going to ruin the car. You can smell the clutch. Yeah, yeah. That, that's how you know you're a proper lesbian when you're more worried about the clutch than you are about your own life. You're like, it's going to fuck the gear. It's going to need a new gearbox. I probably ripped the diff out going over those logs. Oh no! And then there was obviously a massive big bullet hole in the car too. I mean, the, uh, the rental car place—they weren't impressed, but you know. Oh, last time we went, uh, elephant sat on our car, so um, and and rode it off. And then when I got it, I think it had like 36 kilometers on the clock. And then we went. And um, I've since looked on YouTube and it's a lot of blue cars get sat on by elephants. 
And we had a blue rental and it sat on that car. It was a pressure car though. It was just a Ford. Yeah, but you still don't really want an elephant sitting on it. Anyway, no, when... no, it scared the kids a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Today on Newsable, we go inside the courtroom where Erin Patterson pleaded not guilty to murder charges related to that infamous beef Wellington lunch. Plus, why it's a good time to be a first home buyer and the dis battle between Kendrick Lamar and Drake. For everything that's worth talking about, find and follow Newsable wherever you get your podcasts. Right, I need to get back on track. Well, I don't know how oh, we yeah, do that. Who yes. cares if we're let's get gay again. Just, yeah, talk, let's talk about gay stuff again. Yeah. Um, why do you think lots of lesbians are really funny? Trauma. I I think you've said trauma twice now. So yeah, I'm gonna because there's a lot. Jump. There's I mean that's sort of a thing in in comedy, isn't it? But also, I think okay, so. I think coming out as a gay dude is harder than coming out as a lesbian. I agree. Socially, it's a lot more acceptable to be a lesbian than it is to be a gay dude because everyone, the minute you come out, whether they like it or not, picture what you do in the bedroom, okay? Everyone's really into lesbian porn. The gay guys, because it's, and it's also like, you can try being a lesbian after a few wines and go the next day. It wasn't really for me. But as as a guy, you can't just go try gay sex after a full day, eating whatever you like, and then, you know, because it's quite invasive and there's a lot of homework and prep to do that I think people don't think about. But They will be thinking about it now, though. Now they're thinking about it. A lot of admin, a lot of douching. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and, and so I think it's a lot more acceptable, but I think the stress for a woman to come out um, because of the societal expectation, like, you're going to get married, you're going to have kids, you're going to have this, you know, like yeah. because our roles in society is to be the mothers, the nurturers, the ones that build the family. When you think about family and building family, very few people then put a man at, to- at the top of that, they, you know, it's the woman that bring the kids in. So then if a woman comes out, you sort of become the dad and people don't really know what to do with that. They're like, yeah. <laughs> so I think like it's the stress and also internally for us, you know, because – as a woman, you go, I want to have kids. Well, how will this work if I'm a lesbian? Where will we, you know, it's like, so you have that own war going on with yourself, you know, or like I'm sure there's not a lesbian alive who hasn't thought, maybe I should just get married for a couple of years, have some kids and then go the gay way, you know. I never thought that. I mean, you are way butcher than me. Um, you know, sort of I'm more a middle of the road lesbian. I'm a chapstick lesbian, not quite Ch- lipstick. Yeah, how do you, Why? What do you mean? Why? Why? Why are you? I like to keep my lips moist. <laughs> so, <laughs> have you ever had short hair? I have, but um, I've shaved it for cancer because I've got a lot of hair. Like, yes. there's a lot, a lot going on here, and so um, before I went grey, I would shave my hair every year and donate, because um, it grows incredibly fast too. I can shave all my hair now. And a year from now, it'll be back on my shoulders again. It's just so crazy. You, so you will do that now while we're talking? Uh, no, not without significant donations from companies for cancer research. Okay, you heard it here first. We'll get a donation page up and running, and yeah. I'll let you know how that goes. As soon as we hit $500,000, I will <laughs> shave my head and okay, get a great. tattoo on my scalp. I'm going to get the ball rolling. I'm, I'm going to put $5 towards The that. bold rolling. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, <laughs> okay, right. So we didn't. Did you actually answer the question about why you think? Oh, trauma. Lesbians are funny because of trauma. Yeah, I think so. I think also because we do a lot of that. You know, when you're in the closet, let's let's not call it trauma. You know, I mean, whatever you're living in your own head for a long period of time, I think yeah. it can be described as trauma because you're just in your own and. You feel like you can't open up to other people. That yes. is traumatic. Like yes. when you don't trust the people closest to you to be your truth, Yourself. right? Yeah. So when you're in the closet and you have all this time to think and to, you know, just your own internal monologue, you know, I think that makes you funny. You know, it has to. Otherwise, you'll go crazy. Yeah, so you're either really funny as a lesbian or kind of quite depressed and sad. Yes. Yeah. There's or somewhere in the middle as well. Well, I haven't met a lot of them in the middle. No, they don't exist. In the middle ones are the straight ladies. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so middle of the road. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly. How's um, that summer dress treating your carol? <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you said your mum was great. She made you come out. She said, rang me at seven. Yeah. Um, and other than your auntie, did you have any other people that were a little bit stink? No. No, honestly. I mean, I chose not to tell because um, my grandmother was still alive. She only passed away last year. Um, yeah. I chose never uh, not to tell her. Um, I don't think – also, I didn't have a very close relationship with her and I, I wasn't going to go through any effort with her. Right. So yeah. I thought, you know what, I'll just keep it as it is and – you know, so I never discussed anything with her. I also never lied. Like if she said, "Are you looking for a husband?" I go, "No." Did she? But did she find? But she, did she know you had kids? No, no. See that we were never close in that. Like she never asked about my life. She never. I think she must have known and thought uh, she'd rather not ask, and then I wouldn't tell her. But she was. She was a weird cat. She was honestly a weird, weird cat. It was all about her. Is it your mum's mum or your no, dad's mum? No, my dad's mum. Yeah. So we were never close. Yeah. Yeah. But I think my mum's mum knew um, from when I was about three days old, and I think she knew because she was a lesbian herself. There you go. Yeah. When I look so at she... it now, I know for a fact there's no way she was straight. There's just no way. She lived with her best friend for years. She oh. gave her kids up for adoption because she couldn't cope. And, you know, I was like, there's definitely, there's definitely a, you know, she must have had massive depression because of her sexuality. That's, you know, um, we all know that. Come it's now. like my mum and dad's friend, Bob and Frank. I always knew. Yeah. Apparently mum and dad pretend they didn't know. I'm like, of course I that's think, what was happening. Yeah, Bob and they, Frank. it's just safe, safer, I think. Like people don't want to know stuff. It's like when, when you have a friend who secretly smokes, like if I acknowledge it, they're just going to smoke in front of me. So I'd rather not acknowledge it. So for years, they just hide their smoking. <laughs> and I, you know what? It's better. It's better. Yeah, it's better for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously, we're a similar kind of an age, which yeah. is kind of, you know, still pretty young, pretty yes. hot. Um, do you think, how different do you think it is for people coming out now yeah. as opposed to when we came out back in the Back in 60s. the days. No, back in the, <laughs> back in, back in the 90s. Um, I do think it's a lot easier now. I do. I do. I sometimes, so my tour manager, Tom, who's a raging homosexual, he's yep. 10 years younger than me, so he's nearly 40. Um, but he, like, it was easy for him to come out. He came out when he was 17. So yep. immediately it's like 10 years earlier than I did. 
um, you know, everything was just, and he had no dramas when he came out and he's, he's one of three boys. Uh, his dad was very involved, you know, but no one had a problem with it. But now I think it's even easier than it was for him. And him and I will sometimes when, um, when we're on the road or something will come up, there's a new, you know, a new sexuality, a new letter was added to the alphabet or whatever. And neither of us will know what it's about. And then I, like, I make it my life's work to go Google every fucking letter in that alphabet because, you know, straight people ask, they have questions and I encourage their questions. But sometimes they ask me, like, what is pansexual? And I'm like, you know, this is what's wrong with straight people, that you can't just go look shit up. Maybe if you have a broader, and then I quickly Google it on my phone because I don't know either. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But then if if anything comes up and say, or or if we miss something and then we get called out by a young homosexual, then we're both ready to lose our minds. I'm like, bitch, we were the ones that paved the fucking way for you to have it this easy, for you to have that mouse on you. If we call you a little homo, just you're our little homo. <laughs> Not quite, but you know what? I'm, like if it's it is a lot easier now, and I'm very happy about that. So you're it saying it shouldn't be an issue. It shouldn't. Basically, it was people like us that helped the alphabet to expand. Yeah, yeah, but also it was straight people because it's you know it, if it wasn't for people's acceptance and other people helping us fight because we're the minority, it still would have been a big taboo. But because people have gone, come on. You know, this bullshit. Look, look at what's happening to our trans friends at the moment. God, I don't even know. I cannot. You know what? I tip my hat to any trans person. Um, like I've been in situations where I go, because you know I'm not shy, and I will speak up if no. anyone talks any shit about anyone in the gay community. I'm fucking yeah, ready to go. Right, you shoes off, earrings out. I'm yeah, going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's been situations where I go, I don't even feel safe. Talking about trans people, I'm not trans. I don't have, uh, okay, I do have someone trans in our family now, but mm. but there are situations where I don't even feel safe to join a conversation, let alone walk in as a trans person. Mm. So fuck, I don't even know. Like, I don't think it's safe. I don't. I think if you see a trans person, uh, regardless of your sexuality or your gender or your, I think if you see a trans person and you don't get ready to have their back, like a woman in a mall, when you see another woman breastfeed, you keep an eye on that because if anyone says anything, you better be ready to fucking yep. go, whoever goes that woman who's breastfeeding. So it's the same. When you see a trans person, you better be ready to defend because they are under attack, you know, under attack. It's not It's not safe. It's honest to fuck. I don't know how they do it. Well, I don't know how we're going to fix it. That's the thing. It will, though. It'll, it, it's like... It's, it's I, like... Well, it's like all the gays in the 70s, 80s. Yeah. Do you remember, and I honestly think this is what's delayed my um, coming out, right? When Freddie Mercury died in the early yeah. 90s, people were like, early 90s, late 80s, uh, people were like, in South Africa especially, they go, well, he got what he deserved. You know, all the mm. all the guys are going to die from AIDS. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, I'm a guy. I don't want to have AIDS. And I think that honestly delayed my coming yeah. out. Then there was another show on Tully in America, this talk show where, um, this woman got people on that was attracted to someone who's straight and this guy came on and they were, you know, male-female friends of his and then he said uh, he's attracted and then he said, but to the guy. And that guy went to his house and shot him to death in his oh, house. Yeah. And and then, again, yeah. the whole of South Africa was like, well, fuck, I would have shot him too, you know, these fucking guys. This, and I was yeah. like, 
okay, I'm not sorry. I'm not going to. This is pre-1994. This is pre-Nelson Mandela. You know, once Nelson Mandela came out, we're like, woo, the gays are out. <laughs> you know, like is, everyone Is that when you gave yourselves that rainbow name? Yeah. 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 It's genius. Yeah. Because then you can just have a flag for your country, but also a flag for being part of the rainbow community. Yeah. Two flags for the price of one. Have you seen South Africa's flag? It's very colourful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course, oh, I have. Of course yeah. All right, all right. I, I mean, love the Olympics. I'm a lesbian. I love watching sport. Do you actually like sport or do you not like sport? I do love sport. But honestly, I I work so much that whenever it's on, um, at night I'm ready to go to work. Like I, I get seven times a week and or I'm on a plane and, and then when I'm not, I've got the kids, you know. So I don't know how people with kids and full time jobs get a chance to enjoy sport. You must be the dad. I'm the diff- yeah, I'm the dad. Right? You're the dad. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, does that piss you off when people go, so are you the man or the woman one? Well, the good thing, because I've had multiple um, relationships that have run their course and ended, Yeah. Um, I'm not with Melvin's other mum. So, but, but she, yeah, certainly she was always the mum one. She, she gave birth to him and I was certainly seen as the dad one that had to go, that went to work and she stayed at home and... Also, I mean, she is straight, so she was probably more likely to be called the mum one, being right. a straight woman. But again, that was what I've learned, is it's better to go out with lesbians if you're a lesbian. All right, do you have you got anything else you really want to say about being a lesbian? I like it. Being gay in New Zealand. Any advice you'd give to yourself as a young person? Um, I would probably have come out earlier. Yeah. You know, but then in saying that, um, you know, I, I do, so this is my advice um, you know, develop your personality. Yeah. Being gay isn't a personality. It's not who you are. So being true. being gay is who you're fucking, not who you are. <laughs> My sister never introduces herself as, hi, I'm Dave. That's just who she's fucking. It's not who she is. <laughs> okay? Like, the amount of people that I've met, you know, that have come up, no, they don't like me because I'm gay. No, because you're a douchebag. That's why. Like, don't use it as an excuse. Develop your personality, um, you know, and then being being gay is part of who you are. It's like I I like orange. I like colours. I like travelling. I like pussy. Like, that's just yeah. part of it. It's not who I am. It's not an identity. It's just... No, it's- part of you well I think that's bloody fantastic advice Ursula and it's been (laughs) it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you as I knew it would be um and obviously very funny Uh, just before we go though what if you had to tell me your best lesbian joke what would it be oh I don't really have one how does a lesbian take a liquor I don't know by the ears Oh, we love everyone's loving that in here. And look, on that note, while everyone's got that image in their heads, I want to say a big, big thank you, Ursula, for your time, especially considering you are a very, very busy person. So, Ursula, thank you so much. Have a lovely rest of your day. You're fantastic. Thank you. You too. Thanks for having me. No worries. Kaki This was Full Disclosure, a Stuff and Kale Productions podcast. Thanks so much for listening. There's a new episode released every Tuesday. You can find them at stuff.co.nz forward slash full disclosure or wherever you get your podcasts. If you follow us on Apple or Spotify or any of the podcast apps, you'll get the latest episode delivered automatically without lifting a finger. Thanks to creator and producer Kate Langdon, stuff producer Jen Black and executive producer Chris Reed, and audio editor John Ropiha with original music by Eilish Wilson. Matiwa Aotearoa. 
If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts.